Welcome to Matthew's World of Wine and Drink, an educational podcast dedicated to teaching you all about the wines of the world, the different regions, the different styles, the different grape varieties, and the history and culture associated with wine. In this series on fortified wine, we're going to continue looking at sherry, and in this episode we're going to focus on three different aspects of sherry. First of all, the viticulture of sherry. Second of all, the trade structure in sherry. And third of all, the Solera system, which is integral to all styles of sherry and how they are aged. So let's begin by looking at viticulture. Although the means of production for sherry is integral to the styles of wine that are produced, viticulture is very important and we shouldn't overlook it. The climate, the soils, the grape varieties all contribute to the, the style of the wine and the quality of the wine. So let's begin by looking at the climate of the Sherry region. The Sherry region is in Andalusia, which is in southern Spain, and it's a warm, dry climate in Andalusia. But the Sherry region is near the coast, and so there is a strong Atlantic influence which moderates the warm climate. And this is especially notable in Sanlúcar de Barrameda and Puerto de Santa Maria, because in July and August, at the height of the summer, these two towns are 10 degrees lower in temperature than Jerez, which is only 20 kilometres inland. So those are the three major towns of the Sherry region. And so that's quite a big difference in temperature. And that shows the, imp- the importance of the Atlantic influence, also how the vines can be um, cooled down by the Atlantic, but also how those two towns have, two, have cooler conditions for the storage conditions. And so the way those wines age in those two towns is subtly different from how they age in Jerez. What the Atlantic influence also brings in is rain. And all of this rain falls during the winter. There's nearly 700 millimetres of rain that falls throughout the year in um, Hereth, but all of that is falling during the winter. And that's a surprising amount of rain because it's actually more rain than falls in Rioja in northern Spain, which we think of being, as being, being a bit cooler and wetter. So there is a sizable amount of rain falling during the winter. And because the summers are so dry, it's important that vines do have access to this uh, rain that's fallen during the winter. So the irrigation channels are vital for storing that wine and then slowly spreading it through the vineyards so the roots of the vines have access to uh, that water. And the irrigation system used throughout Andalusia descends from the, the rule of the Moors from the 700s to 1400s who introduced irrigation to Andalusia, which is vital in the, warm, in the dry summers. And the influence of the Moors is fa- felt throughout Andalusia with that use of irrigation. Also important is that the soils do retain water below the surface, and this is particularly true of the Albariza soils. And finally, for the climate, we have the Levante wind, which is another big influence on the region. And the Levante wind is a southeasterly wind, which is a dry and dusty. And when it blows through the region, it raises the temperatures quite significantly to 40 degrees and above. And so that's quite a challenging wind for the vines to have to cope with. So let's look at the different soils in the Sherry region. There are three major types, the Ablerisa soil, the Barro soil, and the Arenas soil. And the Alborista is by far the most important, and this can actually be divided into three different types of soils. They're all quite calcareous and chalky and limestone. The deepest with the less calcareous soils um, produce the delicate Fino and Manzanilla, so very specific for those styles of wine. The soils with the mo- which are the most calcareous are subject to chlorosis in the vines, so these are very rarely planted on while the best soils are a mix of sand and clay as well as that limestone. And with the limestone, 25% of the limestone will be on the surface, and then 60% will be deeper down in the rooting zone. And across sherry, the roots generally 
dig deep to 80 to 100 centimetres looking for that underground water which has been stored from the winter. So these are by far the most important soils for the quality of the grapes that are eventually made into sherry. And that gives an example of just how important terroir is to sherry, which is something which is often overlooked. Uh, the other soils, Barro, has more clay and produces fuller, coarser wines, and it also has higher yields, so quality is a lot lower. And then the Arenas soil, the yields are twice that of Alborista, and the quality is poor, so these soils are generally not used. But these soils are sandy. And that was very important at the end of the 19th century because sandy soils are resistant to phylloxera. And as phylloxera rampaged through uh, the Sherry region, the Arenas soils were planted on quite widely, but much less so now. Um, let's look at the grape varieties. So there are three grape varieties grown uh, throughout the Sherry region, Palomino, Moscatel, and PX, or Pedro Jimenez. And Palomino represents 95% of the plantings, so by far the most important. There are actually two different types of Palomino, Palomino Basto and Palomino Fino. And Palomino Fino here is the most important in terms of uh, plantings and in terms of quality. Yields across sherry are generally quite high. They're set at 80 hectolitres per hectare, so that's the maximum yield that uh, growers can have. And Palomino Fino does have slightly lower yields, so it's um, a bit more under control. Uh, the grape is also resistant to disease and is quite versatile, so Palomino grapes can be suited for a Fino or they can be suited for an Oloroso, even though those are two very different styles of wine, the Fino being pale, whereas the Oloroso is older and darker. And we'll talk about which kind of grapes will be picked for those styles of wines in the next episode. And then just 3% of plantings are to Moscatel, and here Moscatel is Muscat, and Muscat really isn't a grape variety in its own right, it's a family of grapes. And the, and the particular strain of Muscatel that is planted in Sherry is Muscatel Gordo Blanco, which elsewhere is called Muscat of Alexandria. And this is suited for the more sandy soils, and it's usually used for sweetening, though you will very rarely see some varietal uh, Muscatel. And then we have PX, or Pedro Jimenez, and this is a tricky grape because it is prone to rot and disease, and because the Sherry region is near the coast with Atlantic influence, rot is always an issue with PX, so very little is planted within the Sherry region itself. Instead, the grapes that uh, growers and producers use are com coming from Montilla Maria Marias, which is w inland, so it's warmer and drier. And so that warm, dry climate means the chance of rot or disease is uh, lessened greatly. And then PX will always be used or made, turned into sweet wine, which we'll talk about in a future episode. So the vines themselves are all planted to rootstock because of that threat of phylloxera, uh, planted to American rootstock, I should say. And the nature of that rootstock that that is planted uh, varies according to the lime content within the soils because of that danger of um, chlorosis that comes in the barro soils in particular. And the system that the vines are trained to is called vara y pulgar, which is similar to the guillot system, which is found in many uh, French regions. And the way that this works, the vara is a stick, literally in Spanish. And this is the cane, which has seven or eight uh, buds on it, where the grapes will grow for that growing season. And then pulgar means thumb, and that's the shoot for the next year's growth. So that's the system that's used in, um, in sherry. So that's the viticultural context of the sherry region. So as I mentioned, very important, the climate, the soils, the grape varieties do contribute in their own subtle way to the styles of the wine, even though the production methods can seem to take over.
Let's look at the trade system in Sherry. Um, quite complex, um, historic and traditional as well. Lots of growers selling their grapes to producers or to one of the seven co-ops. So quite common across Europe to find this, and it's true in the Sherry region as well. And what is a bit more unusual is that most of those co-ops sell their wines to the producers. So they don't make that much wine themselves. Uh, small amounts of the co-ops do have their own Solera system, but most of them are selling to producers. So a producer is usually referred to as a bodega within um, the Sherry region. So bodega literally means seller, but it has a kind of a catch-all for a producer. And there are four types of bodegas within the Sherry region. Bodega de Producción. And these are producers who make but do not mature their wines. They make the wine and then sell it on. Bodega de Elaboración. They make, mature and sell their wines. They do everything. Bodega de Crianza y Almazanista, they simply mature the wine, so they're buying the wine in, they mature it, and then they sell it on to a producer who will uh, sell the wine, bottle the wine and sell it to the market. And then the Bodega de Crianza y Expedición, who mature and sell wine. So again, they're not making the wines themselves, they're buying the wine in, maturing it, and then selling it to the market. Uh, just a word on Almathenistas, because historically they're very important. They Almathenista literally means uh, warehouse or wholesaler. And these used to be very important for maturing the wine and then selling it on to producers who would bottle it and sell it elsewhere. But these are in decline, as sales of sherry, sherry has, have shrunk over the last 20 to 30 years. So, have the number, so has the number of Almathenistas. Um, but there's still there is some some significance to them, especially when we look at Lustau. So Lustau is a, a bodega who make, mature, and sell their wine. But they also buy wine in as well, and they buy from Almathenista still. And there's a Lustau series where they actually put the name of the Almathenista on the bottle as a tribute to the high quality Almathenistas that they work with, and to the fact that Lustau actually started as an Almathenista back in the 1890s. And if you want to try one of those, I would definitely recommend uh, the one made by Juan Garcia Jarana, and it's called Pata de Galina, and it's an Oloroso, which is extremely good, and it's, he's a cool old guy who's actually a motorbike salesman in his real life. And then finally, let's look at um, the Solera system, which is so integral to the production methods of sherry. And it's very important to understand this before we go on to the different styles of sherry in the next episode. And so all styles of sherry use the Solera system. It's very sophisticated but simple at the same time. Um, and it's a way of not just maturing wine, but constantly blending the wine. And what the Solera system is, is a group of butts. So remembering that a butt is a barrel in sherry that's 600 litres in size. And these group of butts are all the kind of the same age. They were established at the same time. And a group of butts is called a criadera. The Solera itself is the oldest group of butts. So you can imagine almost like a pyramid of barrels with the Solera at the bottom and then another group of barrels on top of that, another group of barrels on top of that, etc, etc. Although in reality these barrels can be spread all around the bodega and even in different bodegas, but they're all marked and uh, taken note of. So what happens is that when the producer wants some wine, they take it from the Solera, that bottom criadera, so the, the, the oldest butts, and then that wine is replenished with the from wine from the criadera above, and that criadera is replenished with wine from the previous, or the younger criadera, etc, etc. So you're constantly topping up wine as you remove, remove it, and what this does, it means there's a blend of younger wines, medium-aged wines, and older wines, constantly blending and working together. This system 
usually has three to four create errors at least, but some of the most complex and oldest will have up to 14 create errors. So there could be dozens and dozens of barrels contributing to the final wine that you find in the bottle. 33% uh, of wine can be withdrawn from the Solera system over the course of one year. So we're protecting th that Solera system and making sure that it's always got a blend of wines and you're not just, not just removing everything and then topping up only with uh, young wine. And then the Fino Solera is the one that's refreshed the most frequently, two to three times a year. And we'll discuss why that is the case in the next episode, because the Solera system is arguably the most influential when it comes to the Fino and Manzanilla wines. So thank you for listening. That has been uh, the background to sherry, the background to the wines that you taste in the bottle. The climate, the soils, the grape, the trade system, and also the Solera system, which is our introduction to how sherry is made in the winery. Uh, this is Matthew, and this has been Matthew's World of Wine and Drink. <laughs>